Attention students, the Jabroni University Network is now in session. Please make your way to class. New Jabroni Pro Wrestling presents to you from fabulous studio b in bradenton florida it's five star matches a show where we discuss pro wrestling matches awarded a coveted five star ranking by wrestling observers dave Meltzer, and decide if they are truly a five star caliber i'm your host daniel salorzno and with me today from fails to astonish radio is ty harris how you doing baby? hi what's up guys uh so the the first uh, uh I usually ask this first time I have a new person on the show uh what's your opinion of Dave Meltzer? I I I think he knows his shit when it comes to wrestling and especially old school wrestling. Uh whether or not I think his opinion is a validation for anything, not really, but it's just like any other critic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I I kind of think of him as like a wrestling Ebert. Yeah, very much so. It's very much a it's it feels like anybody that can judge a match, like the fans should judge matches. Like if it was a good turnout, it was a good turnout. If it popped the crowd, it popped the crowd. So okay, yeah, I hear you on that one. So uh, our story tonight takes place on a frosty late fall evening of, of November fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, at the Houston Fieldhouse in Troy, New York, in front of a capacity crowd of four thousand people. Uh, the the match, by the way, is Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. <laughs> Usually, I start with that. Uh, uh, it's November fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Ric Flair versus Terry Funk uh, in an I Quit match at Clash of the Champions nine, New York oh, Knockout. Such a good! I used to love those Clash of the Champions shows. They were awesome. They were really good. And I feel like they had like a bunch. Like they, they were doing them like frequently, like right in a row. Because like Clash of Champions eight was probably only like like a couple months before that. I think right. So, the story of this match starts back on May 7th, 1989 at WrestleWar 89. Uh, hot off of a five-star match with Ricky Steamboat, Terry Funk, a judge of the match, challenges Ric Flair. Ric Flair was the one that was in a five-star match with Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Steamboat, by the way. Terry Funk, who was judging the match, challenges Ric Flair to a world title match. Ric Flair declines and was subsequently pile-driven into the judges' table, nearly breaking his <laughs> neck. <laughs> so we're we're off to a hell of a start already. <laughs> Is it just me, or does, like, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat never struck me as Asian? Like, for, as a kid, I was like, that's a Spanish guy. Um, I, <laughs> I, I have to look at that. I feel like I want to say you're right. And this is really he bad that it. between the two of us, we can't figure well, that out. <laughs> well, I mean, they fucking did Yokozuna and Yokozuna was Hawaiian. He's a fucking Samoan. Well, yeah, sure. Uh, it, it's, he, I mean, Just saying. there's, there's <laughs> nothing inherently Asian about the name Ricky Steamboat. But the dragon. <laughs> the dragon is what it's all about they and, and he usually has the bandana too yeah you try to look like bruce lee <laughs> it's kind of a chubby thicker bruce lee but yeah. all right so move forward to september of 1985 while rick flair and sting were tagging against the great muda and dirty dick slater at clash of champions eight fall brawl 89 don't fuck with dirty dick Terry Funk injects himself into the match and proceeds to try to murder Ric Flair on national TV by suffocating him with a plastic bag because angles. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We've all tried to kill Ric Flair at one point or another. Uh, it's 1989, so people <laughs> called in <laughs> to 
and, and complained. Of course they did. Of course they did. So, like, I, I, I like that back in these days, the, uh, it's so much simpler to just be like, "Here's the lead up to this match." Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're just gonna kill each other. That's that's the thing. They're gonna kill each other. Afterwards, Flair and Sting would tag against uh, Muda and Funk at Halloween Havoc '89. Uh, they're attended by Ole Anderson during the match's conclusion. Sorry, let me get that straight. Flair and Sting are attended by Ole Anderson. Muda and Funk are attended by Gary Hart. Okay, there. That's important. During the match's conclusion, where Funk is eternally locked in a figure four leg lock, Ole Anderson takes it upon himself to whoop up on Gary Hart, which inadvertently causes him to throw in the towel, winning Flair and Sting the match. I cannot decide if this is hilarious or dumber than hell. I mean, it's the 80s, so yeah. It's dumb <laughs> and it's hilarious all together. Rolled into one nice big package. Uh, yeah. Package. It, it, it... <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, uh, you know what? I, I To be fair, I haven't really seen that type of angle before. or that yeah. it, It's... We we had MJF throw in throw in the towel recently, <laughs> and I was just like, oh, "Okay, sure, let's see what this turns uh, into." But I like the I like the idea of the guy has the towel and someone like gets in his face, and he's like, uh, <laughs> "This has Vince Russo's stink all over it. It really does. <laughs> like no bullshit. Like, I, this sounds like something dumb he would do." <laughs> It's kind of clever. See, that's the reason I can't decide if it's hilarious or dumber than hell. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know what? We've been laughing about it, so I'll say it's funny. It's funny, yeah. I'm getting uh, funny. In in the following weeks, the NWNA, the NWNA, the NWA announces that the match will be an I Quit match. Funk doesn't want money or a belt. This is a matter of pride, and as such, the men agree to the stipulation that the loser will shake the winner's hand. Now that that right there, that's pure Texas. That's that's a, that's the Terry Funk. I'm gonna shake your hand, <laughs> and then by Dodge. Have you ever seen those old Terry Funk car commercials? They're fucking great. The, uh, <laughs> I've I've seen the uh, the Dusty Rhodes Tom Stymus commercials oh, recently, and so man, good. they are fucking fantastic. Dude, it's just the best. It's Tom the best. Stymus, for anyone who cares, is a local car selling legend oh here God. in Bradenton, Florida. Oh he had dealerships up and down the state and in Atlanta, Georgia. And yep. uh, he was he was the dude who would slam the hood of his car with his with with his hand, you know, meme <laughs> meme style. Like that's oh, yeah. that's who it came from. And yeah. he he did these commercials with Dusty Rhodes, and they're just you look them up. Tom Stymus, S T I M U S. They're uh, on YouTube, the, and they're hilarious. It's just <laughs> Dusty Rhodes just riffing, and it's fucking Ooh. hilarious. All right, on to the match. Our announcers for the evening are Jim Ross and Gordon Soley. Our official is Tommy Young. So, Terry Funk makes his way to the ring to some real Kill Bill cowboy shit holding a cattle brand, <laughs> uh, attended by Gary Hart. After the break, because there's a commercial break. <laughs> Alright, have you also noticed, like, on these old matches with uh, Jim Ross, like, his voice is so fucking high in these uh, yes. early matches? Yes, yes, Oh my yes, god, yes. here they come! <laughs> oh lord, it's Terry Funk! Like, Jesus Christ, you sound awful. 
Uh, and uh, Gor- Gordon Sully also has oh one of those uh, types of uh, voices. Gordon Sully never changed, though. Like, he was the same Weasley-looking little motherfucker. Like, holy shit. Oh, God. Uh, so, after the break, Ric Flair makes his way to the ring with four beautiful women. Of course. For the late 80s. <laughs> they all had perms. Yeah, of course. Full pyro erupts over the ring. So we're <laughs> off off to a off to a great start. The ring is on fire. <laughs> it's on fire. <laughs> Funk immediately takes the mic, offering Flair the chance to quit before this match even starts. Undeterred, the match gets underway, and the men tie up. After dodging a missed chop by Funk, Flair immediately chops Funk, sending him over the top rope. Funk rattles the barricade like an insane person and starts swatting at audience members ringside. If you notice in the clip, as he goes in and falls forward over the barricade, he smacks his fucking forehead. <laughs> and he like and you can totally tell because he get, like gets back up and he's like, oh shit, and like rubs his forehead. It, and that's not the first that is not the first of, of that in this match. No, no, not even start. Holy shit. Back in the ring, Flair delivers a series of brutal chops to Funk. Irish whips him from one corner to the next and then back again and delivers another blistering chop that sends Funk rolling out of the ring. Seems like getting the fuck chopped out of you is going to be the main theme of this match. Dude, there's some stiff shots on those ropes, too. Holy, you can hear, like, you can hear Terry Funk's head. It's just this constant (laughs) thud. And I'm like, Ric Flair is hitting the shit out of him. He's like, it's just like... The, the, this match is it's almost like a fucking strong style match very much so very much so well i mean terry at that time was doing a lot of the japanese shit too so he was over there doing fucking De- eat, death matches eating light bulbs and shit <laughs> like a fucking crazy person <laughs> fuck uh flair gives chase and gives funk two more stiff chops on the outside bringing him to the ground funk rolls into the ring and through the back to the outside for a beat to compose himself Back in the ring, the men trade jabs. Flair Irish whips Funk into the ropes and runs into a shoulder tackle, immediately bringing Funk down with him with a single leg takedown. Flair gets on top of Funk, and both men start choking each other with their bare hands. <laughs> of course, because that's that's how that match should have escalated. And <laughs> <laughs> into two girls fighting in a fucking dance hall shitter. I'm gonna choke this bitch! I'm gonna choke you first! <laughs> <laughs> After a jab to the eyes, Flair is belly down under the ring ropes next to the announce table, which is like pushed up right against the ring, which I found strange. They come so close to hurting so many people in the crowd in this. Ne- needlessly. Shit. Needlessly! <laughs> Funk delivers a blow to the head. Really over exaggerated, which <laughs> sells his craziness, <laughs> and he makes his way to the apron where he begins stomping on Flair's head. <laughs> Flair gets up uh, and receives a big chop and a headbutt for his trouble. Oh Jesus! They beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Funk pulls Flair back in the ring and gives him a huge clubbing blow to the back, to which Flair responds to with a huge top that brings him to his own knees. <laughs> To his own knees. <laughs> Didn't bring him to anybody else's knees. <laughs> while, while, while Funk stands tall, Funk gives Flair a big elbow to the head and dumps him to the outside. 
following Flair, <laughs> Funk slams his head into the guardrail and then punches Flair in the face five times. Like, just as hard as humanly possible. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> there are so many stiff shots in this fucking match. Oh my god. He hurt his own hand. Like, <laughs> you, you, you see him, like, sh- like shaking his hand, like, oh, uh, like. Yeah. It's, I almost want to say, like, the one thing that would have really ramped up the madness in this match was some blood, and I feel like Funk was like just trying to open him up the hard oh, way. Yeah, yeah. And and it didn't take, so he's just like, "All right, move, moving along." <laughs> uh, I I can just hear that that conversation in the fucking locker room, like Terry, I'm gonna cut your face. It's like, <laughs> woo, no, no, no. Uh, Funk proceeds to grab the microphone from the official to ask Flair if he quits. Before he can answer, he blasts Flair in the face with the microphone. <laughs> Do you quit? <laughs> Fuck you! Rick Flair retaliates with a series of stiff chops causing Funk to roll back into the ring, and the crowd is going berserk for Flair at this point. Oh, they're ape shit. Back in the ring, Funk gets Flair into the corner and climbs to the second rope, calling for the mic. While hitting Flair with 13 left hands, <laughs> screams, do you quit? Say it, you pig, you egg-sucking dog, say it. I can't curse at you, so I'm gonna call you everything my peppy called me. Flair, shit. Flair out of desperation, hits Funk with an inverted atomic drop. To, uh, <laughs> hey, look, a wrestling move. <laughs> The first one of the night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> to to get out of the quarter, both men end up on the mat. <laughs> I I've watched this match probably like four times now recently. I I uh, I always do my initial watch. I do my watch where I uh, where I take my notes, which is a, a slower event, and then I watch <laughs> I it again at work the next day, because I was like, well, I need to see it again fresh, and then I watched it again, like, a couple days ago, <laughs> so... <laughs> you are you are very, very familiar <laughs> with this Contest of Champions match, which has very little wrestling. <laughs> yes, and there, there's, there's a point to that anecdote, and it's that it factors into my assessment of this match. Fair enough. <clears throat> I'm in. Back on their feet, Flair appears to get a second win. He delivers a big chop to Funk and an Irish whip. However, Funk re- reverses off the ropes with a swinging neckbreaker. Hey, another wrestling move. <laughs> Funk, back on his feet, delivers a series of patronizing slaps to an on-his-knees Flair, which pisses him off beyond belief. Flair grabs Wouldn't Funk anybody? by the neck and gives him a big hip attack, followed by three fast chops that send Funk sailing out of the ring. Of course. <clears throat> Because that's what three fast chops will do. <laughs> it just the the look in his eyes when he grabs his throat uh, is just whew. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's like I've never seen better acting. <laughs> Flair immediately follows Funk, uh, jumping on his back and pushing him to the ground. And I feel like that's the bitchest move. Oh yeah, that that, that Flair does is just running onto somebody's back, causing them to like fall forward because he's like piggyback riding on them. <laughs> He is known for that shit, though. That, and he's the king of the oversell. So. <laughs> uh, sorry, let me... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, we fucking lost shit. <laughs> I'm normally on top of things, but... That's <laughs> fine. Okay, Flair immediately follows Funk, jumping on his back, pushing him to the ground. That's what we just said. Flair <laughs> proceeds to employ chops 
and slamming Funk's head into the barricade all the way down to the opposite side of the ring. Of course. <laughs> Funk tries to roll back into the ring, but Flair has other plans. Actually, it's the same plan. Continue Fuck to say, slam Funk's head into the barricade and slap the shit out of him. <laughs> this has been a, just a bitch slap fight. Like, it's, they've just been smacking the shit out of each other. And you know what? Fuck Gary Hart for good measure. Yeah, he man. shoves him out of the way, and referee Tommy Young has to prevent Hart from getting involved in the match. Of course. Funk finally gets back into the ring, and now it's Flair's turn to ask if Funk is ready to quit. While slapping and choking a supine Funk, ooh la la. <laughs> Fancy. I, I write these notes, and then I, it's like two weeks before, so th it's just as fresh Yeah, I j I'm just hearing it for the first time. I'm loving the shit out of it. <laughs> Gary Hart distracts Flair on the outside with the aforementioned branding iron that he uh, Funk walked into the ring with. Of course. Th this allows Funk to nail Flair from behind while he's distracted on the apron. Back in the ring, Funk hits Flair with another swinging neckbreaker. <laughs> Speaking of broken necks, Funk asks if Flair remembers what he did to his neck before. Don't you want to quit before I hurt you? Of course. <laughs> Don't quit. Funk delivers clubbing blows to the back and continues to go after, uh, uh, look, look at my Burp. sloppy handwriting. It strikes again. Burp. It's It's a staple of five-star matches. I eventually start jotting notes so furiously that I cannot read what I want. Like, uh, what I wrote. That shit. Uh, uh, he, del <laughs> he delivers clubbing... <laughs> he delivers clubbing blows to the back and continues to do so after he locks a bent-over Flair's head between his legs. That was what I was trying to get out. Yeah, there you go. Tommy Young asks Flair if he'll quit, but he refuses. He then gets a Texas-sized pile driver for his trouble. Fuck yeah, he does. I, and I, you know what? I feel like uh, Funk's pile drivers are slow and lazy and safe. And... Oh, <laughs> either that or they're the most reckless shit in the fucking world. Like he's snapping people's spines accidentally. <laughs> but he's real nice when he does it. So I'm. I mean, I don't. I can't speak to how safe of a worker Terry Funk is. But then again, this is sort of in that era where. Yeah, dudes that uh, got hurt just didn't come back. <laughs> or, you know, they're just like, I'm just in pain now for the rest of my life. I guess that's just what this is. I mean, it's not getting stabbed by New Jack, but what is? <laughs> God. Sorry, I mean, you wanted a deep cut. I gave you a deep cut. <laughs> I think that guy got a deep cut. Yo, Still refusing to acquiesce. <laughs> Funk gives Flair a leg drop to the head. He then proceeds to slam Flair's head into the mat in frustration before dumping him to the outside. And he just fucking, like, uh, both hands on the side of the head, just slamming it into the fucking mat. And I was like, beautiful. oh, my God. It's beautiful. The crowd is going nuts for Flair. Funk gives Flair a second pile driver on the entrance ramp and proceeds <laughs> to roll back in the ring. And it's it just it goes it just goes on like this. It goes awry, as they say. <laughs> More of the same. Back in the ring, Funk gives Flair uh uh big elbows to to the head. Two, I'm guessing. I wrote two as in going to. <laughs> And he dumps it back outside and body slams him onto the announce table. It doesn't break. No, of course not. Because it's an actual table that's <laughs> yeah. not pre-cut. Uh, uh, it's made out of fucking plywood, as you'll see in a couple minutes. 
<laughs> Funk then takes the table and props it upside down against the side of the ring and uh, goes back to Flair, but now Flair is on the attack. He hits Funk with three huge chops and a right hand and then slams Funk's head into the table, and man, that sounded fucking painful. Dude, it's a thud. It's a fucking thud. Yeah, th- uh, that table was never going to break, no matter what, because probably because it was made with American craftsmanship. <laughs> there was a man who makes ten of those a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, Funk is reeling. Flair uh, sets the table right side up and chases down an escaping Funk because like, he doesn't want anymore. Yeah, I'm barking down at this. Uh, by doing his pussy jumping on 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 his back and riding him into the barricade move <sighs> after two swift chops he launches funk across the table and into the barricades and he definitely hits a chair on the way down <laughs> oh yeah uh gary hart tries to involve himself and flair sends him away with a big elbow and then stands up uh funk chops him uh uh uh, uh he uh, no rather uh yeah funk chops him but then he picks up <laughs> He picks him up and puts him down balls first on the barricade, <laughs> which already looked painful, and then he just fucking chops him again. That's, that's a classic 80s move, though. Like, I'm going to kick you in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Funk falls to the ground and scampers away back into the ring. <clears throat> Flair enters the ring and delivers a signature Flair jumping knee uh, <laughs> to a supine Funk who flies out of the ring in pain, like, just as oh. fast as humanly possible. You gotta go. But he but he comes right back in yeah. uh, uh, for more. Flair hits him with an inverted atomic drop and proceeds to work his left leg, all while delivering two big right hands and four huge to- uh, chops. Funk scurries out of the ring, but Flair tackles him from behind again. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. He then gives Funk a shin breaker on the left leg that he was working before. Both men head back to the ring, and Flair gives Funk a huge vertical suplex back into the ring. <laughs> Very nice wrestling move. <laughs> I think we're up to, like, four, maybe four wrestling moves the whole match. Yeah, and most of them are uh, double-ups. <laughs> right? And this is a five-star match? <laughs> Jesus. All right, we'll get there. We'll get there. Keep going. Flair attempts uh, to lock in uh, the figure four, but Funk gouges his eyes. <laughs> Of course he does. Of course he does. He gets Flair under the apron, and then Flair vertical suplexes Funk onto the fucking apron. Of course he does. (laughs) And I don't think Jim Ross can believe it. And I was just, I was like, whoa! I wasn't expecting that to happen. It's gonna be a slobber knocker. (laughs) Jesus Christ! He's like, oh my god! He he just suplexed him onto the apron. Uh, As as Gordon Soley just watches on in pain. Like, this damn business isn't the same anymore. (laughs) I've wasted my youth on this horse shit. Horse shit! And that's what the wrestling business is perpetually going to be ad infinitum. It's going to be a guy gets old and, you know, it's eventually it's going to be the young bucks and Kenny Omega going like, "Eh, this shit just ain't the same when we were a kid. (laughs) How far can you take wrestling, though? Like, Ricochet is doing shit that's like, okay... What, they're going to fly now? Like, is that the next move? Like, You know what? Superpowers? I will, put put a pin in that and remind right. me, because we're almost at the end of the match. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we, talk. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll delve into that. We'll delve into that. All right. Okay. Uh, 
After two more scorching chops, Flair locks in the figure four. Funk is now writhing in pain, and he's just <laughs> screaming, never, never. Uh, he continues in anguish. Uh, my leg is breaking! <laughs> and finally, after taking more punishment than any mortal man should ever have to take, Funk screams, yes, I quit, ending the match in 18 minutes and 33 seconds. Uh. Now, after the match... A man of his word, Funk says to Flair, you're a hell of a man, Ric Flair, and gives him his handshake. And it's like the most violent, like, get out! Uh, ha! Ha! <laughs> like that. that. That is the best Terry Funk impersonation I've ever heard. No, it, that, that, that's Ric Flair. That's Ric, uh, Terry, Terry Funk is like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I said. I'm gonna shake the damn man's hand. Jesus. Like, Flair's like, hey, give me the hand, baby! Ha! I'm on cocaine! Ha! <laughs> like, he was on a lot of cocaine then. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He gets his handshake. The crowd loves it, but not Gary Hart as he immediately turns on Funk. Uh, the, of course he does. In the ensuing bedlam, the great Muda, the Dragon Master, Sting and Lex Luger enter the fray, but that is a story for someone else to tell you because it doesn't result in a five-star match and this Fuck is beneath no. my concern. Fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> Jesus. So this is a five-star match, according to? According to Dave Meltzer. Really? I mean, I watched this a couple times. I watched it when you pitched the idea for me, um, and then I just watched it, like, maybe half an hour ago. It's a street brawl, but I wouldn't consider it, like, a great match. Okay. What's your thoughts? (sighs) This match really grew on me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you watched it enough. And... it, it's okay. So I, for for one, I I think that the grading scale has to be a little different because you know it's the eighties, inundated with what we are inundated with now. I completely understand. That. And this certainly it was not like the first I quit matches, but this is like one of like the big like significant right things. So it sort of has its place historically, kind of pre birth of hardcore. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a. Uh, I could this, see that. I could see that. Th- this this match just tells such a great story of two people beating the living piss out of each other. <laughs> That's true. Uh, do you know how many times? Not. I. I mean, I'm strictly just fucking knife edge chops. Do you know how many times Ric Flair chopped uh, t- chopped Terry Funk? I'm a. I'm pretty sure you have the exact number. I do have the exact number. <laughs> 29 fucking times. Uh, 29. Like, have you ever slapped someone as hard as you could? For 29 times? No. Just even even once. Like, have yeah, you ever been slapped as hard as oh, someone yeah. could with all of their strength? Oh. And then 29 fucking times? There, There is a fun fact. Fun fact. Um, I worked at a tattoo shop in uh, outside downtown Nashville. And right next door was a wrestling school owned by... Tom Burton, the dirty white boy, if you know, <laughs> if you've ever heard that name, he owned the wrestling school next door to the tattoo shop I worked at. And he used to swear up and down that I looked exactly like the blue meanie. Because <laughs> I, bl- I, bl- I had a blue mohawk I, at the time. I, I think if we dolled you up and put the makeup on, we that, I think maybe. I could totally pull it off. <laughs> but I would always hear, because you would hear this voice and you'd hear, meanie. I gotta show you something. And it was always either me getting popped in the chest, or he was gonna teach me how to take a fucking bump, or he was gonna show how effective a fucking sleeper hold was. 
It was the fucking. It was the worst. But I, I can officially say I know how to take a bump in a ring. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: those are one things people don't normally ask. So can can you imagine if uh, Dirty White Boy is like, "Hey, Meanie, get over here. I need you for." Uh, 18 minutes and 33 <laughs> seconds to chop the shit out of you. It's the fucking, it's the worst idea. Like, holy shit. Like, and I bet you they made dick. I bet, cause this is NWA, correct? Yeah, I, I believe it's a joint venture between NWA and WCW. Okay. Even, alright, 1989? Nine. 1989. So you think maybe, maybe they made two grand a piece. <laughs> maybe. To get beat up for 20 minutes. Well, if current wrestling has taught me anything, the winner's purse is actually bigger. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know Ric Flair made more than Terry Funk. Garen, oh, Garen I, fucking T. Oh, yeah. A, a, absolutely. I mean, But there's... I think even Rick topped out at like five grand. I don't think he made more than five grand for that appearance. Uh, but then again, he was working six days a week and twice on Sunday. Right? <laughs> so, like... Uh, you know, he had, he had to make his 15 grand another yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, he's probably making five grand a week and to get fucked up at least four days out of those weeks. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. So, it's just, given the events of the match, and mm-hmm. I, I ask I ask everyone this, uh, f- for me, and I, I really had to get turned around on this match, Mm-hmm. I am going to agree with the five star score. What What do you think? Because you uh, sound like you're leaning towards maybe. No. Well, I tried. I, I'm a big Terry Funk fan. I liked his like uh, the Japanese stuff with him and uh, fucking Cactus Jack. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, how How about we frame it up like this? Was there anything in the match that you didn't like, or Not was any part of it like slow going, or was something just like that wasn't good? No, or... it's it's one of those that I don't. I think ten year old me that would have seen that would have fucking loved that match, and probably did. I probably fucking watched it. Uh, you um, must have chosen it for some reason. Yes. Um, well, I'm like like I said, I, I've watched a ton of these fucking things over the years. Uh, you know what? Good, good question. Why did you choose this match? I like Terry Funk, and I, I I'm an okay fan of Ric Flair, but I, I'm I've always liked Terry's stuff. Like I even went back uh, before we did this and watched an ECW match with Terry Funk tag teaming with uh, Raven oh, baby. versus Tommy Dreamer and uh, fucking Cactus Jack. And it was, That's the ECWist shit. Ever. It is ECW, 100 percent ECW. I mean, you know, until uh, he became Chainsaw Charlie and was hanging oh, out with Man. That was the f- so dumb. I was the dumbest gimmick. Like he's Terry fucking Funk. Let him be Terry Funk. Uh, but I was watching that match and I realized that I, that match I had like idolized as a kid is like this fucking gory horrific. Nah, not. Re- I mean, it's real bloody, and they're just like taking weapons from the fucking crowd. I think I what, the way I'm breaking it down is I appreciate this match more than I appreciate the other one, and I thought I would like the other one more. But yeah, I could I I wouldn't the, say the uh, the other one being the ECW match. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, it kind of made me it kind of made me appreciate this one a little bit more. Uh, do I see it as a five star match? When you break it down as like you know the beginning stages of early hardcore extreme wrestling, yeah, why not? Fuck it, I'll give it five. Um, there's nothing about it I really hate. Like I want to hate on it just because it's old. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, may, maybe that's what it is. Because I, I almost felt like, it's, 
not not that because it was old, but I was just like the first time I watched it, I was just like, eh, I don't I don't think I'm gonna give this match five stars to be honest. Yeah, I... and then and then after I watch it, it's. It's a different kind of wrestlecraft. <laughs> That's true, though. <laughs> and and all like, like if you kind of look at it as like a strong style match, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's fine. I've I've seen I've seen matches that were you know, um, here here's a good strong style match. Uh, John Moxley and Tomohiro Ishii in the G1 Climax. Okay. Uh, that okay. was a great strong style match, and it had a little bit more modern sensibility because, you know, it was only, like, four or five months ago. That's true. That, I mean, it, Actually, we don't know when it was because these ti- uh, podcasts are timeless. Uh, I never... <laughs> There's, it could can, have been at any time. You, yeah, you can never know when this was released. Never know. I um, mean, it, I mean, I might be looking forward to the match between John Moxley and Tomohiro Ishii at, at the G1 Climax. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, speaking of one John Moxley, did you notice on WWE Shop during Cyber Monday? No, because uh, I will never spend another penny on fucking WWE uh, ever I'll, again. So I'll, I would never, I would never be there to notice anything. Allow me to enlighten you. They had a fifty percent off apparel sale, but it only applied for stuff that was Dean Ambrose <laughs> or anybody that had been released. Like literally, you could go through the list, and it was all people who jo- were no- Jordan Miles. It, that was one of them. Like it was all people who no longer work for the company. There was Chris Jericho shirts on there, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" We're sitting on ten million of these fucking super racist shirts that <laughs> yeah, we gotta dude. get rid of. <laughs> You're fired. Get them cleaned out. Uh, okay, so uh, I said let's put a pin on on this earlier. So yeah. let let's dive into it about okay. about where wrestling can right. Go. Let, uh, I'll reiterate the question. Like, okay, so we grew up in an era of wrestling of the birth of like the superstar, mm-hmm. and it was all very formulaic. Like Hulk Hogan had a leg drop that would cripple a man, right? <laughs> From that style of wrestling to what we have now, which is the lucha inspired super high flying even flippy 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 very flippy um but even normal like not necessarily the high flying shit has become more of an aggressive style of wrestling do you do you pine for the old days or are you still kind of you know what's the next step past what we're at because we're at a pretty high level right now i i think the next step is that there's going to be an implosion at some point uh because explain Okay, uh, it it's it's getting like a lot of matches, and you know AEW are very guilty perpetrators of this. Okay, and, uh, every match, like yeah, like every every uh every guy on their roster is you know they're like you can probably see a moonsault in every match if you watch on any given. That night. has become like only certain dudes did that for a long time, and now. Everybody yeah, fucking ev- does. Everyone, it. everyone will, will Even launch Keith up Lee. a moonsault. Yeah, it's now when Keith Lee does anything, it's Keith amazing. Lee. I love Keith Lee, dude. I, he's my favorite thing in NXT you know, right now. Much, much in the same vein that if Lance Archer does anything, it's amazing. Fucking a. Uh, so you're you're gonna see lots of moonsaults. Everyone's doing a tope suicida. 
Uh, yeah. The, the guys that are very, very talented are doing crazy rope walkie stuff. And yeah. And uh, if if this banner is going to go with uh, you know go go behind young bucks, let's just say right. These these guys have a very uh, calculated way to how they set up their matches, and there's a lot of symmetry and stuff like that. Okay. And it, it's the this shit gets so out of hand. Like eventually, it's gonna like it, it, it's like okay. Let me smoke a little weed now and get uh, and again and I feel good. Now I'm smoking weed all the time, so I need it to fucking yeah. feel normal. <laughs> I know now what I that's need, like. Now I need something stronger, even though gateway drugs aren't a thing. No, <laughs> no. But you know, it, it's that it's that thing, and it's like now, like crack is like wrestling fucking crack, and the the bar the bar of what you have to do to get over to get into like a main thing is so ludicrous, right? That it. You know, like there ha there has to be an implosion at some point where it's like, all right, let's fucking let's let's do a reboot, mm -hmm. okay? And this is like you can kind of see this already in uh in NWA, okay? They've gone back to small scale studio show. Uh, the the matches are uh they're not super anything to write home about, but NWA is really good at like making you feel like they crammed two hours worth of material into one thing. Right. In, into one hour. The thing being a time unit called an hour. Did you guys talk about the Jim Cornette thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. Yeah, just did. making sure. Just it, making sure. Since you're bringing up NWA, I was like, ah, yeah. Jim Cornette but, got fired. But, but so the, the, the thing, the, the thing with this is, is that, you know they they do they do that stuff and it works. They don't have a bunch of guys like they've got guys that are basically putting together matches that are like the eighties. And every once in a while you'll you'll see something do you know like some of these newer guys because they've got a lot of older like bruiser type guys in there. Right. But think think about shit like this. The the Rock at his peak. Yeah. Barely ever like the the most he ever did of high flying stuff would be like second rope, uh, uh fucking hammer fist. Yeah, there or, was nothing or something crazy. like that. Like and his it, his skill set was a lot a very Hulk Hogan based. Like couple basic moves and then punches and shit. That was about it. But he, you know, like he he and Austin can you know, put on a good match. You have these guys that are, that are Fucking technically, Stone Cold. <laughs> like, they, you have these guys that are, uh, you know, like technically gifted. And this is sort of like why I really like, uh, new Japan in how they train the young lions, because they're like, these are the moves that you're allowed to do. And essentially what it does is it drills in like master your fundamentals. Right. Like, and like, when we're satisfied that your fundamentals are mastered, then you can fuck off and go do whatever you want to and figure out what kind of wrestler you're going to be. But if you, like, Carl Fredericks is a, a fucking great young lion. Right. And this guy can fucking control the crowd just like any of the, any of the other dudes on, on the roster proper. Uh, and he can only do the young lion moves. And it's like, I like the logic of if you can't fucking get over with this crowd by just doing basic shit, then get yeah. the fuck out. I mean, it says a lot for new Japan that, you know, guys who've worked there are the biggest names across all boards of wrestling right now. Right. Um, and that's been the case for a long time. A lot of the, I mean, mankind, mankind went and wrestled in Japan and then got worked over and became huge in fucking WWE. Like it's, it's all about that fucking, there's something about 
wrestling over there that just turns guys into fucking superstars. Like, cause I, I think it's, they, they learn how to fucking pop a crowd. They learn how to, you know, it's a language barrier. You got to move people without saying a word. So, yeah. And you know, maybe, maybe we'll see, maybe in this, in this reboot, when this implosion happens, we'll see some American version of like King's road. Uh, which, cool. Which, which is good because it just it sort of like it establishes the pecking order. It fucking like it makes sense. Like right. oh, like this this move will always destroy someone unless you hit them with it like five or six times, and then they get used to it. And it's like okay, now we gotta build build to something more. Right. So it's sort of like it, in a weird way, like wrestling is at its apex right now. I think. Um, it, 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 I feel like, uh, not, not, maybe not like as for like crowds, but like wrestle craft. I think the fan base is bigger than it's been in a long time. Uh, that, that's certainly true. I well, mean, I think the stigma is no longer gone. Like you used to like, it was sort of like a dirty secret. Like, Oh, you like wrestling? Like the uh, people, I mean, it's like the same thing with people who like, you know, you read comic books, well, you get yeah. that weird face. Like, what are you fucking dumb? I, I'm yeah. Oh, oh, what you're, you're watching wrestling, Stone Cold and The Rock? Yeah, nine million people and me are an idiot. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. <laughs> like, or the famous, like, oh, you watch wrestling? You know it's fake, right? Like, you, you know, you know, Game of Thrones isn't real, right? It's a TV show, right? <laughs> like, oh, it's soap opera, dudes. Cool. Yeah, like what else? Like what else do I got going yeah, what, on? Yeah, like, don't don't take away you, don't take away my my yeah. joy. What the fuck are you doing on Monday night? Playing Parcheesi? Like, I'm sitting at home fucking watching, watching people fight. Watching Mad About You reboot. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I, <laughs> I am so, like, that Mad About You reminds me of Rusev and fucking, oh, God damn it. That fucking nope. body. Let us, not, let us not indulge Ugh. any of our energy thinking about that stuff. Ugh, the worst. Uh, all right, man. So, uh. So your final assessment, you you think? Yeah, you think I think five, I mean, I think, I think it's five stars. Upon reflection, yes, I would totally rate this as a five star match. Um, just from the standpoint of the two that are in it and the the caliber of where they were at the time, because I mean, you watch the video, both of them are in the best shape of their lives, right there. They were probably juicing fucking hard <laughs> because Terry Funk never looked that good. Um, but yeah, man, uh, it's totally worth checking out. You can find it on YouTube and shit. So it's fucking yeah, I recommend it. I uh, created a fake email address and uh, do you? Yeah, and got got a month subscription to the WWE Network because ooh, I, I actually I have WWE Network. It's uh, it's it's all right, man. I enjoyed the shit out of uh, Stone Cold's new show. I won't tell you the email address, but I will tell you the password. <laughs> no, I ha- I have it. I have it already. I've, I've... It's suck it, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> suck, Vince. I love that shit. Um, what do you like WWE Network? The it's it's cool for the stuff. I mean, it's I'm not gonna have it again until I until I need it again. So it's I I, I liked it when I had it, but. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I mean, I like some of the original stuff that's on there, but most of that original shit you can find on YouTube anyway. So, all right. Uh, any uh, any closing thoughts, Ty? Uh, watch old wrestling. That's that's my. I mean, you know, go back, watch the cool shit. 
There, uh, we we've said uh, this before on New Jabroni Pro Wrestling, but uh, <laughs> there's a surprising amount of good wrestling back in the '80s and '90s. If you know where to look for it, Fuck don't yeah. don't look at WWF or WCW. It's, <laughs> you're not gonna find it there. But if you if you looked at New Japan and All Japan and stuff like that, like there's there's uh, there's some great stuff. Uh, ECW stuff was fucking in the late '90s. Great so good all right well uh that about wraps up this uh five-star edition of a rick flair and terry funk uh i love doing these things but they are difficult and it's a time-consuming process so i i when these release that's you're probably gonna get a half season maybe (laughs) (laughs) you'll get five episodes and then you'll get five episodes somewhere else like you'll get five episodes and like it some somewhere (laughs) else uh, all right. So for Ty Harris, I'm Dent. I'm Dent. I said for Ty Harris. That means you shut up now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. For Ty Harris, I'm Daniel Salorzo, and we'll see you next time for more. Five Star Nation!